something a little bit different today on a Friday afternoon in New York while New York is still a thing here we are uh, it is 1:55 p.m. five hours earlier than I'm usually sitting here but you know what there are things that have to be done tonight some family issues actually the whole day has been one big family issue and um, and so here we are, and we're getting this all taken care of. A full two hours in the middle of the day. I know that the live, the live audience is going to be a little bit limited because, you know, everybody's out there working and over here stateside. It is an awkward hour for anybody, no matter what time, uh, what time zone you are in. But we might see some of our European friends more so than we usually do. And later on tonight... Uh, we will re-air this on QuiteFrankly.tv, and that'll lead right into our weekend roundup programming that usually kicks in on Friday night around 9 o'clock. Oh, boy. There's just, um, there's lots happening. But welcome to the show. It is going to be a little bit of a mix. I have another, I have a special guest over here, too, who is milling around the studio. Uh, she's about, I don't know, three and a half feet tall or something. I don't know how old, she's about 38 pounds, though. She's very athletic. Her name is Aurora. So she is she's doing whatever. Maybe maybe later she's rearranging all the decor. So maybe later on uh, I can convince her to sit in a chair across the uh, across the way and, and she'll she'll uh, she'll say something, answer some questions. But for now I have a I have a um, actually a really jam-packed format to execute with you tonight and it's going to be a mix a mix of things. So let's just get to it. It'll be a little bit more of an extended grab bag, but there's plenty of follow-up for some of the conversations we had this week. I want to take calls. I want to see, uh, I want to read some email, and uh, away we go. Thank you to my sponsor, uh, BlueMonsterPrep.com. Also, thank you to Wise Wolf Gold and Silver, because more and more it is, uh, I, I, keep, I keep neglecting to mention them. You know, they're friends, affiliates we have set up, but... Um, but, you know, that's just, um, go and check them out. Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. Get your money all nice and stabilized, at least a portion of it. And then go and check out all of our other friends, especially people like the Polgars that, yes, could count. What's that? Who's that over there? What do you say? You, you just something you wanted to say? Say something. Oh, boy. Here we go. All right. What what you say? What you say? You got you got to say something cuz I can't hear you. Say hello. Loud. Whisper loud. Hello. Say hello. Hello. How you doing? Are you doing good? What do you want to say to everybody? 
You want to say hi? Yeah. Okay. What'd you do this morning? What'd you eat for breakfast? Bye. Hi, everybody. What do you want to talk about on episode two of the Aurora show? You don't know? Talk, say something to Pyretta. Inter no. Interview the cat. No. Okay. Well, you guys have a good time over there, and Daddy's going to do some work, all right? Okay. Okay. You're so good. Such a good girl. All right. So there, there you have it. It's, um... Yeah, go ahead and check out all of our friends and affiliates on quitefrankly.tv. So let's start off with some things tonight. What's on the top of the menu? We're going into the grab bag. We're going into the grab bag, and the first one up is from The Blaze. Now, this is a great, great, great story. I love it because it's short, it's sweet, and there's nothing really else to say. Uh, Mads Mickelson, that's the guy who plays, uh, I believe, Le Chief in, in uh, 007, the uh, Casino Royale, one of my faves. Mads Mikkelsen and Danish director deliver perfect response to concern mongering about lack of diversity in a new film that's about an 18th century Nordic soldier. Filmmakers behind a new period drama set in Denmark around the 1750s were recently confronted over their film's apparent lack of diversity. After all, now is the time when Oscar nominations hinge upon whether a given product, a production checks various boxes pertaining to the sex, sexual preference, and race of those involved. When Snow White of Germanic folklore is Colombian and the Grecian Cleopatra of historical record is now black. I know, I know, I know. Uh, rather than apologizing for having prioritized the integrity of their art over identity politics, actor Mads Mikkelsen and Danish director Nikolai Arcel laughed off the accusation and pointed out the critical fact worth considering. Mikkelsen and Arcel recently attended the Venice Film Festival uh, in, on August 31st, world premiere of the new period drama called The Promised Land, based on the book The Captain and Anne Barbara by Ida Jessen. The Promised Land, alternatively titled Bastarden in Danish, reportedly presents a faithful depiction of the 18th century life in the inhospitable Heath of Jutland and the true story of the bankrupt former Danish soldier, Captain Ludwig von Kellen, and his endeavor to secure the royal title denied him by birth, reported by The Hollywood Reporter. Well... I tell you, obviously, this should have gone to a black, disabled, trans person. But let's just see what these racists had to say for themselves. While the actor and director fielded questions from the press, a Danish reporter confronted the duo with what woke Hollywood gatekeepers and the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences might regard as a damning failing of their film, which has otherwise been met with rave reviews. Reporter noted that the film was a Danish production, which is entirely Nordic, therefore has lack of diversity, you would say. Mickelson began laughing and right away responded, what are you on to from the get-go? So there you have it. There are some rules across the Atlantic for competing in the best picture, the equivalent of this competition, continued the reporter. I see you don't live up to these standards. It's not because of artistic reasons, but because of lack of diversity that this can't compete in that competition. The reporter was referencing to the representation and inclusion standards for Oscar eligibility. Who? Oh, man. Goodbye. Who the hell even wants to be eligible for that crap? Can you actually ever create art? Is it possible? 
to have that kind of pretense and uh, I mean, it's, oh god, good for them. Good for them. I don't even know the story, but I, now I want to watch it. Now I want to watch it just because I can re I can respect somebody that is faithful to good storytelling that doesn't bend a knee to one crazy group or the other. Anyway, uh, if you were thinking though that cinema is dead and dying, well. It ain't dead yet because you're about to meet the man who's keeping it alive single-handed. This is from UPI.com. Uh, this dude, a Pennsylvania man, goes to 777 movies in a single year. A Pennsylvania man earned a Guinness World Record by going to the movie 777 times in one year period. Zach Swope, 32 years old, of Carlisle, started his attempt with a screening of Minions Rise of Gru in uh, July of 2022 and completed his record attempt of, sh of uh, showing of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny one year later. Swope broke the record of 715 movies seen in one year by French cinephile Vincent Crone in 2018. Swope said that he saved on movie tickets to his local Regal Cinemas by signing up for Regal Unlimited membership, which allowed him to have unlimited trips to the movies for $22 a month. Okay. Well, that answers the first burning question I have. The first burning question. The other burning question is uh what do you do you have a lot what do you do for a living? Do you work? What is your life like? I mean, this takes a... I obviously, 777 times in one year, no matter how short the films are, that is such a considerable, a considerable amount of time inside that building. Or any building. Regal employees monitored Swope during his uh, screenings to make sure that he was following the rules. They, they probably were also monitoring his vital signs, too, to make sure he was alive. Following the rules set forth by Guinness World Records, which included not taking bathroom breaks or having any snacks or beverages during the films. What? Now, I can understand for a competition standpoint, um, not taking a bathroom break. You have to be in there for the entire film. Okay, I get it. There must have been a couple of really close calls in there 777 times. Uh, especially if you have a movie that is close to three hours. But why can't you have a snack or a beverage? Especially if you're buying it before the curtain goes up. If any of these theaters actually still have curtains. The movie fan said he would see up to three movies after work on weekdays and squeeze in more during the weekends. Ugh, definitely doesn't have a, uh, a wife. Swope said that the movie he saw the most times was... Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, with 47 viewings of Puss in Boots. So there are more than a few red flags going on over here, I'd have to say. But he could perhaps be a very, very pleasant guy. But there's also some things that are cause for concern. His favorite film of the year across the Spider-Verse, and his least favorite was The Devil Conspiracy. He said the... Uh, the record attempt because the demon that's occupying him didn't like it didn't like the exposure he said the record attempt was aimed at raising awareness for the mental health issues i i would develop a mental health issue if i left work every night and saw three films in a movie theater every night and then more on the weekend 
I mean, that is the isolation, especially since you're not seeing it. It's one thing if you go to like Alamo Draft House or any kind of a movie house like Alamo where they're going to put films that are out right then and there on the schedule. But in between and on weekends, they're doing classic films, you know, Universal Studios classics, uh, Boris Karloff, whatever, uh, you know, Monster Squad, things like that. Goonies, they just bring it back, they dust it off, they dust off the old reels, and everybody's having a good time. But you're watching Puss in Boots 47 times? Whatever the hell that is? That was as a spin-off of the, the Shrek? It's not the one with Christopher, uh, Christopher Walken. Didn't Christopher Walken do a Puss in Boots years and years ago? I remember seeing that as a child. Now I know that Puss in Boots is a, is a Shrek-related thing. But that's just... Regal Cinemas celebrated his success with a 7,777 and 77 cents donation to the American Federation for Suicide Prevention. And I have to imagine... Oh, man. I don't know. There's just... uh, Well, at least something good came out of it. Something good came out of it. Excuse me. Can I help you? Come over here. You see? Come on, here, walk over. Take a peek. That's your cheek. <laughs> that's right, okay. So that's the end of this guy. Are you going to go see a movie this weekend? Ah, oh, I don't know. Aurora's been watching Bugs Life uh, recently. She calls it, uh, actually, she'll, she'll probably recognize, she'll probably recognize my intro. Uh, Aurora doesn't get to hear my intro just yet because at 7 o'clock she's usually sleeping. But uh, here is a little something for you. Elon Musk committed evil with Starlink order, says Ukrainian official. Oh, this this had better be good. A senior Ukrainian official, uh, if that's even a thing, it's probably just a uh, an intern at the CIA, Victoria Newland's uh, nephew, something, A senior Ukrainian official has accused Elon Musk of committing evil after a new biography revealed details about how the business magnate ordered his Starlink satellite communications network to be turned off near the Crimean coast last year to hobble the Ukrainian drone attack on Russian warships. Oh well, fight your own damn war. In a statement on X, the social media platform formerly known as Twitter, which Musk owns, the Ukrainian presidential advisor Mikhailo Podolyak, wrote that Musk's interference led to the deaths of civilians. Oh, my God, you've been killing civilians far before uh, uh, February 2022, my friend. So don't, don't, uh, no, re- no reason to cry over that now. You have no problem with killing civilians. Can't stand listening to any of this anymore. And it's, I just want to know what the end game is. I just want to see it. I just want to see it. I got a lot here. I, in the second half, don't miss it. I have responses to the Jeff Harmon interview, uh, a, a another comment on the Astro charts and things that he did about what's coming in not only September of 23, but spring of 24. By not allowing Ukrainian drones to destroy part of the Russian fleet via Starlink interference, Elon Musk allowed this fleet to fire caliber missiles at Ukrainian cities. As a result, civilians and uh, children are being killed. Well, um, I I really, um, 
obviously the that kind of a press release is meant to put you in a position where what are you going to do root against the the livelihood of children how much is he telling the truth about i don't know uh they have put plenty of civilians intentionally in danger it's part of the reason why this has lasted so long but you know um Ukraine is not a nation. It's, uh, it's, it, it's just a lot of illegitimate things. It's a lot of illegitimate things. But at this point, it's nothing more than a Salvation Army Santa Claus begging on the street corners for money. That's what, the, that's what Ukraine as a organized nation is. I'm always trying to separate over and over again that distinction from, you know, everyday people, their families, and real culture over there. But this is, I don't care. I don't care. And soon it might be everybody's problem to such a larger degree that it's going to it's going to be survival just for all of us. I'm still not convinced that this is going to just disperse and dissolve itself without something horrible happening. I'm not convinced. And you know I'm not a doomer. You know I find silver linings and everything. I want to find a, 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 a punchline and everything. Anything to just kind of keep our heads nice, nice and easy and steady. But this doesn't feel right. A lot of things don't feel right right now. And that's after a lot of years of saying, oh, that sucks, that sucks. So they'll listen to this headline. You know, we talk about bad things every night. But as far as optimism and going forward, you have to be able to balance this stuff out. Uh, the, the balance is becoming harder to find. Um, it's more so just hunkered down time in my mind. All right, here's one thing I want to ask you guys. Before we go to our break and start this show off, it's 2.12 over here on my clock. Here is one of the questions I'm going to ask you. And this is about relationships. Also from The Guardian, opposites don't attract. Couples more likely to be similar than different study shows. See, I mean, this is something that I always, I always thought. I never thought this to be true either about opposites being uh, opposites attracting. I've repeated the f- the phrase plenty of times, but when whenever I think about it, how is it really possible outside of a no strings attached hookup or something like that? So there's a question for you to write down. The power of animal magnetism has brought countless couples together, but when it comes to who we fall for, Scientists say that there is little truth in the old adage that opposites attract. The study on romantic relationships found that for more than 80% of traits analyzed from political views, the drug taking and, uh, uh, and the age at which people first had sex, partners were often remarkably similar. Tanya Horowitz, a PhD student at the University of Colorado Boulder, US, and the first author of the study, published in the journal Nature Human Behavior, said birds of a feather are indeed more likely to flock together. According to the research, between 82 and 89% of traits examined were similar among partners, with only 3% ranking as substantially different. For the study, scientists reviewed previously research, uh, previous research on how similar or dissimilar couples tended to be. Work that covered 22 traits across nearly 200 papers involving millions of female-to-male partnerships dating back to 1903. The group then followed up on the fresh analysis of 133 traits and nearly 80,000 opposite-sex couples enrolled on the UK Biobank project because the behavior many, uh, the behavior many differ for same-sex couples. Uh, the behavior may differ. Yeah, well. Uh, the scientists are investigating these relationships separately. Oh, I'm sure they are. 
in both pieces of work, couples largely matched across a range of traits, including political and religious views, levels of education, and some measures of IQ. Heavy smokers, heavy drinkers, and uh, uh, teetotalers are all tended to partner up with people who share the same habits, but couples did not match on every front. Height, weight, medical problems, and personality traits all varied among couples. Extroverts, for example, example, were no more likely to partner up with other extroverts than introverts. The fact of the matter is that it's like flipping a coin. I wonder if they talk about race. Because, you know, birds of a feather tend to flock together too when it comes to race, when it comes to con- the... Uh, the um, the composition of neighborhoods, people just tend to flock together. Now, of course, it's it's celebrated as an expression of amazing culture when it's non-white groups that flock together, and it's exclusionary and uh, supremacist-based when it, it's white people that just tend to draw toward each other in groups and had and it has no. Uh, prejudices in mind it's just natural this is stuff we do too so i wonder if they if they um they go and they dip into race as well because they do not mention it in this in this article so but i would like you i'd like you to ask i'd like to get you guys and gather some of you want to comment on that what do you think about that as as well because i never thought that opposites attract either it's one thing to have an anger bang but someone that just, you know that you're, you're not similar on any other reason. You're, you're not, you don't vibe on any reason aside from, oh, they have a pretty nice body. And I think they like, like my body as well. You know, that has happened, right? I can see that happening a lot. But as far as something that lasts, there's no way in hell that, that could, there's no way in hell that that can work. Not if you want to be happy. Now, if, if there is somebody out there, uh, an exception to that rule, I want to hear all about it. And I want to know how you survive. All right, that's it for me. We're going to get this one kicked off. We have plenty more in the grab bag over here, so don't go anywhere. And listen, I know it's in the middle of a day. It's Friday. It's in the middle, middle of a work day. There is a fraction of people watching than they usually do. This is going to be all caught up on, on demand and whatnot. In fact, maybe I'll download this and I'll re-air it tonight at 7 o'clock on the YouTube and places like that so the normals the normal crowd can all um, hang out together but still if you have any any spare time and I mean a nanosecond to click share to click like to get it out there to anybody else who doesn't know that we're live because no matter how much I announce something like this no matter how far out I announce it um, most people just don't hear it somehow but give me a hand, and we will be right back. And Harry, Jimmy, Trent, wherever you are out there, fuck you too. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! 
is, it is hot. Three days in a row, hot, 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 in September. So, we're just uh, we're just going to enjoy the heat here in the air-conditioned room for a little bit. One day I'll tell you what's going on behind the scenes of this day. Weeks down the line, I'll tell you what's happening to me today, to all of us, why we're all kind of all over the place and a little displaced right now, Aurora with me. Well, she's in the other room, so now we can talk about other things um, and not have it be like little ears. Welcome to the show. Friday, September 8th. I hope that the week has treated you well, and we're going to try to put a nice little bow on it right now. Whoever is watching, this is almost like a very, like an exclusive for you. A very exclusive audience, intimate. I feel like we're playing a small little lounge tonight, a live, live lounge gig instead of the usual theater. I wouldn't call this an arena rock show just yet. One day we will pack the arenas. I promise you that. And then beyond that, will we ever get a stadium show? I think so. I have faith. I have faith in what we do here. But for not right now, I am fine with this being a a theater packer. Now we pack the theater every night, don't we? Nice little theater tour. But tonight it's a lounge. In comp- uh, you know, in comparison to what we usually do. So I hope that a lot of new people call in because what I'm about to deliver to you is a number of topics for comment. And we're going to jump all over the place. And in the second half, it's going to be more of your emails, your thoughts, theories, and then more calls again. And since, like I said, it's a it's a different kind of audience. There are people that are allowed to watch now in different time zones that are usually sleeping when we're on. I really hope that we get some more involvement. And the number to call, put it down on a post-it paper in front of you, 914-200-0269. So get ready. Warm them up. Take some notes, know what you want to say, and it'll be a good time indeed. The first one up, this is a sad story, but it also begs a bigger question about these one-chip challenge tortilla chips. There was a 14-year-old boy who died supposedly from the viral TikTok one-chip challenge. Now, it's horrible to hear that a boy this age is dead. We hear a lot about it these days for a number of suspicious reasons. Uh, uh, My suspicion is not satisfied with this either. Now, I know that anything hot to this degree can be a problem for people if they take it under certain situations or if they have stomach ulcer issues. Oh, I don't know what, but let's read together. A 14-year-old boy died after participating in a TikTok challenge referred to as the One Chip Challenge. Harrison Wollabaugh, 14 of Worcester, Massachusetts, died on Friday. His family said his death was a result of complications from an extremely spicy chip that he ate from a challenge that he saw on a social media site, TikTok. NBC reported a 14-year-old student from Worcester, Massachusetts, died on Friday, officials said, and his family said his death was caused by complications of this chip. Uh, His mother confirmed to NBC10 Boston that the family believes the teenager died of complications from the one-chip challenge, though the results of the autopsy were pending. Okay, so, you know, hold out judgment just just yet, because I I don't know how, I know these things are bad, but deadly, I don't, I don't know. Uh, The Worcester School community was mourning Harris, a sophomore at Doherty 
Memorial High School, Worcester Public School System Superintendent Rachel Manarez said in a statement on Sunday calling him a rising star. The cause of death has not been confirmed, but the one chip challenge is a social media challenge that involves eating purportedly the spiciest tortilla chip in the world then waiting as long as possible before eating or drinking something for relief. The chip made by Pakwi comes in a coffin, a coffin container, and has a warning that says it should be kept away from children. It is only for adults to eat and shouldn't be eaten by anyone who is sensitive to spicy food or with an allergen or some allergy. Now, I went and I looked for, I know about these, but I didn't know where you can find one. So I went on Amazon, and this is what I found. It comes in a coffin container. This container has one chip in it. This one is going for $45, because I guess it's just a novelty. Oh, wait, this is a pack of three? What does this say? Pack of, th- anyway. Oh, maybe it just sends three coffins. So it's it's a novelty, but it's a big one. Carolina Reaper Madness 2022 One Chip Challenge Tortilla Chip includes Munchie Box Sticker. Now, here are some of the... First of all, has anyone ever had this chip? That's number one. You got to call in on that. You know what? What we'll do, the... um, I guess you just call in on that. I want to know if you had this chip... You can also super chat me if you're not getting through or anything like that. I want to know if you had it. But here are some of the comments. I want to go into the comment section here. The world's hottest chip made with the hottest chili pepper on the planet, the Carolina Reaper. Don't say we didn't warn you. This is the 2022 version of the One Chip Challenge. In a world filled with flame and hot options packed with artificial ingredients, we dare to be different. We believe that the real heat comes from the real peppers and shouldn't be grown in a lab. So they're saying that this is all natural stuff and oils from extracted from the peppers, and it's not just chemicals. Here are some of the comments, some of the reviews. Let's see here. Stay calm, this one per Ashley Nicole said. If Satan was edible, he would be in the form of this chip. You can't escape the heat. No amount of ice, milk, water, or prayers will save you from the heat. The burn lasted a good two hours. Maybe I'm weak sauce, but this chip is a heavy hitter. Staying calm was the only thing that helped relieve and ease the pain. Lucky Strike says, did it once and now we are done with it. Three family members wanted to try these. One spit it out, two swallowed, not recommended. None of them put more than half a chip in their mouths. They tried multiple ways to stop the mouth and throat after the burn. Went as expected. It was fun to hear all of their boasting. Uh, Then witnessed the event. They said the taste is horrible. The biggest issue was the afterburn and stomach burn for about 30 minutes or so. Here's another one. Lewis says, crazy hot. Had me crying, but I love it. Uh, Listen, I like hot stuff, but I don't know. I don't know. Joshua Tree says, tastes like pain. There is no flavor. It's crunchy pain. Oh, that's that's something. It's crunchy pain. Milk, water, whatever only helps when it's in your mouth. I drank so much water, I thought I was going to puke and pee my pants at the same time. There is no escape. Do it, I dare you. I mean, there's more. 
Please use caution with these chips. They are extremely dangerous. If taken in whole, we used them as a dirty Santa gift for Christmas, and although it was intended just to be a gag gift, it made my brother-in-law very sick, and he had a hard time breathing for hours. And now, see, I've seen that. Before this chip existed, I have seen plenty of Carolina Reaper pepper and other peppers, ghost peppers, whatever it is. I've seen other of those, uh, more of those challenges, and not even social media challenges, uh, where uh, like the modern social media challenges. I mean, years ago, maybe over ten years now. I mean, the challenges were still going on back then. But you know, you'd have some guys or some girls, high school. Usually, they're always younger, and they want to film something for YouTube. Um, and and they'll just bite into the pepper, swallow it, and then you have a couple minutes later, they can't open their eyes. They're having trouble breathing. They're throwing up. Um, one of them went to the hospital because I remember the follow-up bi- uh, video was them in their hospital bed and all that. So this was years ago. This girl was messed up. It wasn't acting. And, of course, it, it all made for a, a video that I'm sure uh, a lot of people have seen at this point. But was it worth it, really? I don't know. So that's what I want to bring up. Um, there, there, you know, there, there's, an, there's another question for you. Have you had this chip or do you have any other hot pepper survival stories or anything, any kind of a story that has to do with the hottest peppers you ever had in your life and, and what went wrong? Um, that is, that is another thing you can throw out there. Okay. Now, let me ask you another something. This has to, has to do with the, the Tucker Carlson, Obama, gay, crack-smoking liaison story. What do you think is the point of the Obama expose, especially in 2023? I'm uh, leaving an open mind for it. It's just a spectator sport. Most of it, it is in the media at this point. But with this in particular, I, I wonder, because it's something, obviously, that a real journalist would seize upon an opportunity to talk about because it's, you know, it's an enormous story when you think about the person involved and whatever. But especially back when he's moving up in the ranks, that is when it was most important. He's moving up in the ranks. He's getting known and being nominated and all that stuff. Uh, you have a candidate of a major party who is proverbial, the proverbial out of nowhere, which you know that nobody's out of nowhere, which is never really the case when it comes to government. But um, but crack cocaine and gay escorts, which is that even the case? Is that even the case? Because that I, I listened, I've listened to Larry Sinclair's testimony over the years. You know, he did one main story that, that that many of you have seen years ago, and now what we're seeing right now. Let me let me go to Twitter and just get the preview video up. Out of the entire forty-minute interview that Tucker Carlson did with Larry Sinclair, I still don't understand the nature of what happened. Uh, is this here? Listen, in a bar outside, and there's this. No, no. Here we go. Here's the one-minute preview from Tuesday night. You're just a guy who's in town for the night, and it sounds like you're looking to party. Yeah. Pulled up in a bar outside, and there's this guy that's introduced to me as Barack Obama. I had given Barack $250 to pay for Coke. I start putting a line on a CD tray to snort, and next thing I know, he's... So he, this is what I'm, I, I don't understand right there. If I'm Tucker Carlson, I say... 
okay, you're giving him $250 for Coke? What was the nature of this liaison? He's in a limousine. The limousine driver brings him to Barack Obama. They get together. They're doing some uppers, and they start fooling around with each other. Then the limousine driver drops him back off at his motel first, so then Obama comes back to see him the next day at the motel. I don't hear anything about money exchanged. Obviously, they're exchanging drugs. They're uh, messing around. But it seems like it's just Larry Sinclair servicing Obama. So did Obama set this up? Is Sinclair an escort? Why, if so, why is Sinclair buying Obama the Coke? Like, I, I, I don't understand what's happening here. Is the limousine driver the head, the, uh, you know, the ringleader of all this stuff, and he just wants to see people get busy? Well, I, I don't know. Is he collecting blackmail? Is there a, is there a, uh, is there footage from inside the limousine? It makes no sense to me. That whole sense, that whole thing. It sounds like a, a prostitution story, but it, it, it doesn't go there. He's got a little pipe and he's smoking. So I just started rubbing my hand along this thigh to see where it was going, and it went the direction I had intended it to go. Even though you had sex with him twice, you did cocaine with him, watched him smoke crack twice, you had no idea who he was. I had no idea who he was. He just asked the obvious question, what was Obama like on crack? Um, is it your sense that that's who Obama is, just transactional, or that he's bisexual, or like, what is this? It definitely wasn't Barack's first time, and I would almost be willing to bet you it wasn't as long. The guy's running for president, and credible information comes out that he's smoking crack and having sex with dudes. That seems like a story. Well, it would be a story if the media really cared about telling people the truth. Hmm. Hot, right? Yeah, I don't, um... So, makes a lot of sense overall. I just I just don't understand him. And that would have been a pretty obvious question to ask if you asked me. But, you know, I don't get these interviews. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. But, uh, yeah, you have, this, you have this situation brewing. My question, especially with how they destroyed, um, it's crazy to see all of the, all of the reaction to it. A lot of it is very typical, especially from especially from lefties. Uh, exactly what you would expect. Very forgive. First of all, denials. No, oh, stop. It's the, he's a he's a he's a felon. He's a fraudster. He's a fraudster. That's that's it's nothing. And then of course they'll say that. Oh, but you know if if Obama was gay, then it'd make him even more likable. Which yeah yeah well that's that's one thing that we would expect out of you guys. But we're talking about crack cocaine. So I understand for you freaks that drug preferences and, and, and orgasms would be something that would elevate somebody's level of nobility in your eyes for some reason. But especially when you think about how these types of stories, even lesser stories about sexual misconduct, took out people like Herman Cain. You know, it, that ended his 2012 candidacy. Uh, and he actually had a couple of good ideas, a couple of good ideas. You know, he he would have been running against Barack Obama, and unlike Obama, uh, Herman Cain is is actually, you know, full black American. You know, he actually he Herman Cain would have been the first black president. 
But uh, those stories actually led him, Kane. They followed him to like 2017, 20, whatever it was. Because I remember Trump had nominated him or wanted him to be a candidate for the Federal Reserve Board. And he ended up withdrawing his name because he, ju- he just couldn't shake all the all that nonsense. And meanwhile, while all this stuff is going on, while they try to dig into people's personal lives and make them out to being some kind of immoral, untrustworthy mess, even though these people are the most obscene creatures you've ever seen in your life, uh, the entire time, Barack Obama uh, is smoking crack and getting blown by dudes in limos, and that is buried across the board, and even Republicans dare not touch it. So, I mean, they went after Melania Trump for posing nude, uh, Trump for having a pair affairs in his past, bunch of baby killers moralizing ad nauseum using Obama, the Obamas, as the quintessential example of class. Okay? That's the whole point here. And then some crack-smoking and uh, crack-smoking gay prostitute bubbles back to the surface, and we, we get weak denials like this. Ed Krasenstein, I hate this guy. Barack Obama likely isn't gay, but if he was, that would probably make him even more likable. Nothing makes a person more likable than their their uh, their ability to just get wild with someone of the same sex. You know, it's just how can you how can you not like them more? How could you not like a person more? Like, it's incredible. This the thinking is incredible. Here's that other. Um, that ineffectual midget from Brooklyn who calls himself Brooklyn Dad. Tucker Carlson apparently is pushing a bogus conspiracy theory that President Obama is secretly gay. Uh, they, they always leave out the crack. Not only is it total bullshit, but I think if it was true, we would just love him even more. I know I would. So then why are you denying him that, that promotion and social status? Don't deny him. Don't deny Barack Obama that promotion. As if we couldn't elevate him any more up the social ladder. They should be trying to find ways of proving it true. If this is true, if that is the only formula that exists right now for Barack Obama to be raised even more in the minds and the hearts of these idiots out there, then they should be pounding the pavement, wanting to be... No. Anyway, but putting that aside, that tired proposition, that leftist cheerleader dopes have no real principles or standards aside, putting that all aside, I want to ask the question, why now? Not just Because it's not just the Tucker Carlson interview. A couple of weeks before that, it was the Obama biographer publishing some so-called authoritative biography on Barack Obama and diary entries about fantasizing about men constantly and there being issues with the marriage to uh, Michelle. Why now? Because we know why not in 2008. In 2008, it would have been detrimental. Is this a setup for a bigger string of stories and revelations? Does it some have something to do with the naked chef that they found dead in seven feet of water in Martha's Vineyard? Even though he knew how to swim? Or is it something even bigger? I don't know. So that's another question I have to ask you about. Why that? Do you have any hot pepper stories? Do opposites attract? Oh, we have so much. So much for you tonight on this show. Uh, But first, 
speaking of modern romances, I want to do a little bit of a... Hold on. You know what we'll do? Here's what we'll do. We're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, I'm going to do a follow-up on modern romance from the Mount Airy Lodge standpoint because we got an update on that. I told you that my cousin Sherry watched the show last Friday, and she wrote me the next day to tell me that she had visited the lodge finally with a friend to uh, see what the hell it was all about, and she wrote a blog post about her stay there. So I can't wait to dive into this. I only read the first paragraph. I said, I'm saving this for the audience. So uh, we'll be right back. I hope you've been writing down all the topics because there are many and more coming. I'm just going to over, 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 overpower you guys tonight. All right, BRB. As you can see, Whoopi is not here. She has COVID. Yes, it's back. It's back. It's back. But she's on the mend. She's on the tail end, and she'll probably be back this week. But sorry she's not here. For those of you who are looking forward to seeing her. Yeah. Yes, it's back. It's back. It's back. No one cares. Literally, no one cares. Here's the independent. The future of the Earth. Is this the end of the world? Earthquakes, hurricanes, floods. What is happening to our planet? Is this the end of the world? No. We live on an active planet. Earthquakes are continuous, a million and a half a year, or three every minute. A Richter five every six hours. A major quake every three weeks. This is, this is all the earthquakes in California in the last week. There's a quake the size of Pakistan every eight months. This is uh, Kobe in Japan. Despite building codes, the, the, the buildings just topple. Very good building codes. At any moment on our planet, there are 11 lightning strikes every second. There are 1,500 electrical storms on the planet at any moment. A tornado touches down every six hours. A, a tidal wave crosses the Pacific every three months. There are 90 hurricanes a year, one every four days. It's constant. Is this the end of the world? No, this is the world. And I think it's time we knew it. I love Yep, you're cool. What's up? I love QFTV. Yep, you're cool. What's QFTV? Did you say what's QFTV? Missy gonna need to go over there and watch QFTV Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, right after Quite Frankly. Yeah. Oh, you're definitely cool. Only on quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. Give me back my son! Let's go, Tigers! <laughs> There's so much to talk about. So, what are you doing? Yes? Hold on. What are you saying? 
You want to work with me? Here, say it again. Why isn't this working? Hold on. Daddy always has problems. Hold on. You know what? Go pick up that microphone on the on the couch. And let me know when you're over there. You found it? Okay. Okay, say now what'd you say? I said I I wanna work with you. You wanna work with me? Yeah. Well I well I already did all my work at home. Now I'm actually doing the I'm doing the show right now and I'm talking to people. I want to do show with you. You wanna do the show with me? Uh-huh. Okay, put down that microphone, come sit over here for a second. Well only a couple of seconds. We're gonna start here. You want it here, come on. Okay. All right, so, so Aurora, how was your day so far? Good. Good. So what do you want to talk about on your radio show? Oh, I don't know. You, what do you want? I said, I don't know. Well, you just said you want to do the show. Oh, you know what I was talking about? I was talking about a hot, hot um, potato chips, and I was talking about, um, I was talking about Barack Obama, and I was talking about, what else? I was talking about sharks. Oh. Okay. So have you ever had a hot potato chip before? No. Have you, but you've had potato chips though, right? Yeah. You like potato chips. Uh-huh. Who else, who else likes potato chips? I don't know. You don't know? Okay. Well, is there anything else you want to tell people? Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead. Okay, but I want to push buttons. Oh, you want to push buttons? Now, if we push buttons, something might go wrong. Because then, because right now I'm, I'm broadcasting to so many people, and and if we push buttons, the wrong one, it, it'll go... What? I, I do Oh, uh, yeah, you can push that one. Because it doesn't work anymore. I have to reinstall it. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Okay. I, I do this one. And you do that one too. I this one. And that I one. one. Yeah. One. Touch them all quick. Ready? And go. Quick. 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 Okay. Thank you. You want to sing everybody real quick before you go? Sing everybody, uh, You Are My Sunshine. No. Sing Happy Birthday. No. Why not? Sing Happy Birthday. No. I said sing happy birthday. No. Why? Because of dough. Because of dough? Okay, well, you have to sing or dance on a show like this or else you're not going to entertain anybody. Say happy birthday to you. Happy birth. You don't care, do you? It's your birthday next week. Yeah. How old are you going to be? Quick, before you leave. Three. You're going to be three? Yep. Oh, well, there you go. You got three fingers up, too, at the end. That's a good thing. All right, go hang out with Mimi. All right. A little bit of a different show today. Man, she's sweaty. Making me hot. Thank God the AC is on over here. Rory, whatever you do, stay in here and get cool. Out there, there's no AC out there, so stay in here. All right. So, here's what we got. I have, uh, speaking of modern romance, as I said before, I have a Mount Airy Lodge update. An update here. I was saying, 
that my cousin Sherry stayed at Mount Airy Lodge. We were making fun of it before. Listen to this. Sherry said, when I was a kid and I saw that familiar commercial, the commercial we played last week, I was very puzzled as to what kind of establishment this was. What was this magical adult playground? Did weather and seasons not apply in this mysterious Poconos? Could you really ride horseback and bikes and swim outdoors and also ski at the same time? In 2016, Groupon sent me an offer I couldn't refuse. Dave, her husband, did not see the charm of the Love Lodge. So I asked my best friend Laura to accompany me on this romantic adventure for two. But just how bad could this place be? Our suite was in one of uh, five quote-unquote round buildings. If you looked at the building from above, each room was shaped like a slice of pizza with a pool in the center. This is how they are able to give each guest a private indoor swimming pool in their suite. We opted for the heart-shaped hot tub because, frankly, the champagne tubs look dangerous. Now, when I heard about the champagne tubs, I thought that it was a maybe a tub that was shaped... Uh, you know, two-dimensionally, well, not two-dimensionally, but on the floor in the footprint of what would look like a, I don't know, a champagne glass or something. Apparently, these are actual tubs that are kept on a long stem, like a, like a champagne glass. And I would never get into one of those. Well, those, well, those things tip over. It's when, I don't know. Anyway. So they said they looked dangerous. The beds were round and lumpy with mattresses circa 1984. The color scheme can only be described as Valentine's Day. The wall-to-wall carpets had lost their elasticity, and they were way too plush for a hotel room. I kept my shoes on the entire time. The smell was stale. These rooms had clearly seen an orgy or two. The whole place was a liminal space. That's exactly what I used to describe them. This is before I even read her her thing. Thankfully, the overwhelming smell in the building was coming from the overchlorinated pool. My eyes burned the whole stay. Although they, uh, there, there hadn't been any director of events for a decade, they still had day activities posted on the premises. Needless to say, the activities were mostly canceled as we were, uh, we were some of the only guests or at least the only ones that ventured outside. There was one couple on their honeymoon that came from western Pennsylvania. Oh, can you imagine going uh, your honeymoon to Mount, Mount Airy Lodge? I guess you got to do what you got to do. You know, Lauren and I kind of improvised our honeymoon. We kind of cobbled it together over the course of a, a year. And I still don't, I still actually don't consider our honeymoon finished. Because we didn't have a lot of time. We didn't have a lot of money. And I, I would, I, I don't consider it finished, Lauren and I's um yeah. Anyway, uh, the front desk person was also the bartender. This once bustling, I guess, uh, F Empire, hookup empire, I guess everybody went there to have sex, was a shell of its former self. The front desk person was also the bartender, the master of ceremonies, the concierge, and would even fix your hot tub if it was clogged. Aiming to get our money's worth, we jumped from activity to activity like maniacs, playing basketball on the four-person court, jumping over to archery where we shot at each other with arrows. Shot at each other. Next on to shuffleboard, which we had no idea how to play, so we made up our own rules. We played ping pong and bocce and conquered their short mini golf course. 
whose holes no longer had their gimmicks, forcing us to design our own course. After that, we consumed cheap champagne and went swimming in our bedroom. Not a trace of debauchery could be found in this ghost town. It felt abandoned. Thankfully, we took their advice and brought our love of everything with us, so we were able to appreciate it anyway. Wow. I think we have to watch the commercial one more time now. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Here's Mount Airy Lodge commercial. We did it last Friday. Except your kids, we don't want them around, because this is for you know. You know what I mean. More reservations, phone 1-800-441-4410. Look, that person was doing, like, spins. I wonder if there's still an ice skating rink. I should have asked Sherry that. Do they still have the ice skating rink? Here's the snowmobile. Here, here comes the nose kiss. <laughs> you know what I just noticed? Oh, I love that. Oh, I've been waiting all week to kiss that nose. But did you see at the end? I didn't even notice the girl gasping until now. Hold on. We have to get back to it. Come on. Can I... Can I go forward? Right. We're going to have to watch it one more time. I can't... I can't fast forward. We have to look at her gasp. Here we go. More reservations for one Kiss her. Do it. Oh, she. <laughs> I didn't even notice the gasp. Oh, man. She gasped when her nose was kissed. Boy, she's going to be really easy to please. Really easy. Anyway, let's go to uh, some Super Chats and your calls. The number is 914-200-0269. One Chip Challenge. Is there any One Chip Challenge calls out there or extreme hot pepper stories? What is the purpose of the Obama expose in 2023? And is it true? Can opposites, can true opposites really attract and form a lasting relationship. I know opposites can make a, a hell of an anger bang, but that's really it. Farther than that, oh, thank you so much. This is for my, my cup. It's a coaster. Thank you. See, I'll put my, my mug on there. So that's what we have, 914-200-0269. Let's go into the, gra the, uh, the Super Chats. Shotzi says, have a great weekend. Hugs to Aurora. Thank you so much, Shotzi. Great to hear from you. Stickman says, good afternoon, Frank and Franklies. On the topic of opposite attraction, I was a little devilish when I met my wife, who was a total angel. I think she liked the bad boy, but over time I have grown and my bad habits subsided for the most part over the last 26 years. I hope that you've found some way to, to, to maintain bad boy status, though. You gotta have a, a little, bit of, little bit of deviancy or else, uh, well, then again, you know what? Maybe she's, she digs the angel. That's good, though. 26 years, I think you guys are doing fine. Have a good time, and, um, and I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Katie Sky says, maybe the reefer chips should come with instructions that say to suck on ice cubes for a couple of hours. What if someone dies from drinking too much milk or water? Well, you know, oh, oh, reefer. Oh, she said reaper chips. She had to come back. 
Yes, yes, Reaper chip. I'm going to say Reefer chips. I'm sure those exist too, but I mean, I have never had one. You know, I, I wonder if there are any instructions. Some people said, hey, do you make sure you have Pepto-Bismol beforehand. Some people, if they're going to eat something like this, they'll have a half a glass of milk beforehand to so-called coat the stomach. But, I mean, th- that, is, uh, that is something else. I wonder, if, I wonder if you should maybe at least not have an empty stomach. Can this cause ulcers or ulcers or something like that? It, um, it makes a lot of things, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would never try it. And I have tried a lot of spicy things. Maybe I would touch the tip to the tip of my tongue and just see how bad that is. But I don't think I would ever take a bite out of this thing. I want to lose two hours to that. For what? I believe you. It's hot. Let's take a call. Hello, Heather. Hey. What What's going on there? Welcome to the show. Hey. <laughs> Ah, awesome. So I'm listening today in the afternoon. It's great. Yep, yep. Uh, I love you. I love your show. I love your family. Been a long-time listener. Oh, it's so happy to have you on, Heather. Uh, well, now that you have uh, you know access to the show, you are on the show, what do you think? I posed a couple of questions here today. Do you have any anything for us? Yeah, so on the Tucker you know, show... The guy, the escort, whatever you call him, <clears throat> prostitute, whatever. Yeah. Uh, he mentioned the choir director guy's name. I think his name is Gary something. Young. Young, yes. And he talked to him, and he was the choir director in the church, right? Mm-hmm. And it was the same church that Obama went to, Trinity Methodist in Chicago, right? Yeah. And... Uh, he ended up uh, executed in his apartment, and then shortly after, Obama left the church after that. And his mother said, I'm sure you're going to talk about this anyway, but, uh, and you're going to bring it up, but it's probably just something fishy going on, you know, like uh, everything else. Like the death of the chef, and yeah, so. I have to yeah, I have to imagine now that you you, you bring it up, and I, th- I think that we had brought up uh, Mr. Young and uh, the, the the church and and all that stuff on the on taking it back yesterday at four o'clock. It, okay, that, that, that makes no, 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 uh, hey, yeah, but no, I'm, I mean, something's going on there. I'm glad you sure. bring it up. There's no doubt about that. I'm glad you bring it up because it, it makes a lot more sense that this this story could end up a little bit more in the uh, in the neighborhood of of uh, you know murder or disappearances or yeah. something like that rather than just some uh, yep. recreational drug use and and some sexual vices or whatever. So it's um yeah. that, that that could be that could be something because like I said, way too late to bring any of that up. That should have been brought up in two thousand seven. But thank you for the call, Heather. Right. Right. And I'm just hoping something comes about, you know, and justice is done for all of this, including the murders. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess that's a hope that we can all have. I, that's a hope. You, you, you'd think that that wouldn't be too much to ask for—justice for things like murder. But uh, even murder is only part of 
is only we're only uh, given that as far as it can be produced for the reality TV show that we're all uh, stuck watching here. Because as far as justice that affects everybody, oh man, oh man, I saw uh, Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney out there uh, warning everybody again that that's getting around Twitter again. Uh, Dick Cheney in his cowboy hat and his face falling off of his skull, warning everybody about the danger that Donald Trump poses to democracy. This is a guy who has who has gotten so many people killed, so many people, so many innocent people killed. Uh, so you want to talk about justice? I think that um, I think that. I don't know. Just, I guess you have to pray for justice some other time. But let's take another call. 480, you're on the air. Who's this? Uh, this is Abby from hey. Arizona. Hello, Abby from Arizona. What's on your mind tonight? Well, you were, call- or you were talking about the hot pepper stories and the challenges. Yes. I kind of have a funny one. It's not for me, but my son called me while I was working years ago. He was in junior high, and he's like, Mom, Mom, oh, my God, you have to pick me up right now, right now. And I was like, dude, I'm at work, seriously. Anyway, fast forward, he tells me, he says, well, I eat this hot pepper. He goes, and I'm dying. And I was like, oh, okay, but, dude, just drink some milk. So anyhow, <laughs> he's like, no, you don't understand. I ate the pepper, no big deal. I went to the bathroom, and... Now I'm on fire. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, there's nothing. So, I was like, oh, oh. And he's like, I washed my hands. It won't, it won't, whatever. And he was like in severe pain anyhow. So I drove to the school, picked him up. And he's like, don't tell him, don't tell him. And I was like, and they're like, why are you here? And I explained to him. I said, well, you know, whatever. And so I picked him up while he comes walking across the front of the office. He has both his hands in his pockets, holding his jeans out, walking like he rode a horse for like 16 hours and just got off. Wow. And he was walking all bow-legged and whatever. Any long story short, he was very angry with me because I told front office why I came to pick him up. Well, you know, then don't, don't, uh, whose pepper did he eat? He ate a habanero pepper that one of his friends um, dared him to eat. I gotta tell you, well, thank you, thank you for the call, Abby. I'm glad that we got at least one hot pepper story in because, uh, yeah, there is some, there's a few things here. First of all, the habanero peppers, I, they, they've disappointed me. And I also, I was, I was looking for these little, um, these little red Thai peppers. They're hot enough, and I, I liked cutting them up and throwing them into tuna and all that stuff. But, um, but there is a uh, those and they're what's the the, the serranos. They, they, they're not even spicy, especially when you get them from Whole Foods. Like, they're sweet. Like, what's going on with these? But obviously, habanero, I mean, that, it's known for being hot, so I don't know what the hell I'm they're, they're, they're the orange ones, right? A little bit orangey? I don't know. Coming out is a terrible thing. Coming, I mean, the, the, uh, the pepper coming out is a terrible thing. I'm just saying. That's what we're talking about. But um, I don't know. When 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 you have to shit that out, there's very little you can do. Uh, you can take a, a a big roll of toilet paper, you can saturate it, and just kind of slosh it in there, and just just let it sit there for. A, but it doesn't do anything. A temporary relief, and then you're all wet all over the place. And I don't know, it's not worth it. But sometimes it is. I mean, it's, it's worth it when you're eating it. Sometimes got a little bit of a kick, and sometimes a a pepper that's not too hot. Is a lot hotter on the way out. 
That's the thing I don't like. You know, it's one thing if I if I take that first bite and it is just like fire. I'm like, you know what? I'm taking a couple of more of these off uh, only because I don't want that kind of pain later on. But sometimes you get a mild pepper and it comes out and it just destroys you. So how dare you sandbag me like this? Anyway, let's take a call. 716, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hello, Frank. Hello, who's this? Hello? Okay. Let's take a call. Another one. 931, you're on the air. Hey, I've got a habanero story. Great, Ray. Give us another one. So, when I was 14-ish, I was dating a preacher's daughter, and they were having a fundraiser, so I attended. And there was a Hispanic family there, and they had a nice little setup uh, decorated, and they had habaneros all around the table. And the gentleman said, hey, I'll donate $20 if you eat this pepper. I'm Hispanic, so I didn't think anything of it. I've been eating peppers all my life. But <clears throat> he ripped the, the shell off of it, and all it was was seed. I started chewing it, and, oh, it's not that bad. I can get through this. About two minutes later, it was like I was drugged. Couldn't remember anything. Whoa. This was before cell, this was before cell phones. I was so out of it, I couldn't remember my own home number so it, that they could call my parents. It took you out like that mentally? Yes, yes. And, very, it, very and it, this was this was nothing but just a habanero pepper. This was not dipped in anything. There was nothing else going on. Nope, just a habanero pepper. Wow. Anybody else have that? So would you consider this a... It, w- it wasn't psychedelic. You weren't seeing things, but you just felt numbed out, and you almost had it almost had an a- amnesia effect on you. Exactly. Yes. I won. Wow. Um, everything was slowed down. Everything was kind of wavy. I guess maybe like an LSD trip, but not seeing things. Uh, there was a sound I was hearing, like a, a low bass. Um, that was a, that was terrible. For and it lasted probably two hours. Uh, the heat intensity probably for an hour, but that feeling about two hours. Wow. Okay. Well, the, okay. You know what? I'm glad that you called in with this because now we have a new standard to see if anybody else has had any kind of a uh, mental mental effect like that after eating habanero. Now, now, this was on empty stomach. Well, how did you take it? I can't remember if it was an empty stomach or not. I do remember that there was food there. I don't recall if I had eaten yet. Okay. All right. Well, let's see what comes back. Thank you for the call. All right. Have a good one. There you go. That's a... Wow. Hey, I'm sure a lot of things could happen for, for downing peppers or anything as powerful as that. But uh, you, you tend to think that it's going to be more so on the gastrointestinal side of things. And obviously, there's the respiratory side of things. We've heard that time and time again. But as far as losing mental clarity... And forgetting things that you would never otherwise forget, that is drug-like. Um, is that all because of the capsaicin, or is it something else? I don't know. Let's take a call from 406. You're on the air. Who's this? Hello, Frank. It's Monica in Montana. Hello, Monica. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's fun to hear you in the afternoon. Yeah, it is. It is kind of nice. I, it's it's a little. I feel a little out of place, and of course, most of the audience isn't here. But um, but still, it's it's work. 
it's true and it's fine. So I just have a couple of thoughts about the whole Obama thing. Okay. I'm wondering if it is connected to the Hunter Biden stuff. Because Hunter left his laptop and people have speculated that maybe he did that on purpose. I know he's high all the time, but he could have left it on purpose. We found Ashley's diary, right, with all this disgusting stuff about her dad and the abuse. Well, Hunter probably partied with Obama. Could they just be laying a foundation? And if Hunter is compelled to testify, will he talk? Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, there is no... this. If that is where it's leading, then we're 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 still waiting, Monica, for the, the the thing that links both of them together to say, well, oh, here's a here's a here's a guy that is, you know, all um, that's hopped up on Hunter's favorite drug, or at least we have stories of that. I mean, that that's a link. But you know how many people smoke crack? In this country, oh, yeah. you know, so it's it, it's one of those things. And thank you for the call because I'm going to take a break right now in intermission. It's one of those things that you just have to. Uh, that that's a big leap. It's a big leap, not not a hu- huge leap because they're all running in the same circles. And Joe Biden was had already been in in uh, in government for decades, and of course Hunter around him and all that other stuff. And uh, and as we said before, Obama didn't come from nowhere. His rise was meteoric for everyday lollipop suckers that are just watching the TV and taking it as, oh, this is the the chronicling of the events of our time. But, you know, we know everything has an origin story that is largely unpublished, especially when it happens in government. So if there's going to be a link bridging those two characters together, then uh, then, just keep an eye open and and see what happens. Because right now I didn't see anything on that. But I, I think um, I think what the caller before was saying about perhaps this has something to do with strange disappearances of people that had uh, affiliations with those Chicago churches and all of the communist pornographers that were hanging out there. Um, but maybe there there's something along those lines, or it, it might just be Tucker Carlson taking the biggest, most inflammatory stories that he can get his hands on now that he is a lone gun representing himself in the new media space on Twitter. It could be. It could be. It could be that he's just, you know, going back through time and doing all the stories he was not able to do at Fox News, because obviously you could never expect Fox to do anything like this. So it could be just as simple as that, you know? Giving attention where attention was never paid, even if it's however many years late. We'll be right back. Going to take a really quick intermission. When we come back, even more of your calls, your super chats, and some really interesting emails from you. Um, don't go anywhere. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back.
are now entering Quite Frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Quite frankly. Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly. And Roma Italia. Quite frankly. You going on Frank's show tonight? I want to get a Coke. Can I get a Coke? So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. All right, we're back. A lot of crazy things going on over here. Like I said, I'll tell you about it one day. It actually has nothing to do with the actual reason why I'm going live at 2 o'clock. That was going to happen one way or another. I do have a family engagement tonight. But there's a lot of other things that have just popped up over the last couple of days. And that were... Oh, everything, everybody's alright. And it will be alright. But it is just an unforeseen inconvenience. Another, uh, another experience. More experience gained. XP... Let me go over to Rumble Rants, because there's quite a few Rumble Rants there today. Who would have known? The afternoon crew, people watching on Rumble, they are, they're, 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 they're very nice givers. Thank you so much for the contributions. Harry Carey, or is that Harry Carl? No, it's Harry Carey, sorry. The lowercase eyes, sometimes they blend. Happy early birthday, precious Aurora. Oh, thank you, Harry. Yeah, Aurora's out there running around with the cat right now. Oh, oh, it's all for Aurora. Oh, this, this is all for Aurora. Uh, 925 Wild Jesus. Happy birth month, Aurora. Well, thank you. And she's, she thanks you, too. I had to t It's take Aurora to work day because, like I said, things are happening and uh, we just had to be out of the house. Uh, Abby Z Mama says, happy birth month, Aurora, for another September baby. Oh, oh, from another September baby. Abby's a September baby. How about that? Uh, Stephen Ellis says about the milk cartons discussed yesterday as a kid I wondered why those missing ads were on kids milk cartons um, How's a kid supposed to find a missing kid? Well, they weren't on children's milk cartons per se They were just on milk cartons and it would be parents and adults that were going out to buy the groceries uh, If they put them on the smaller cartons that you would get at school or something like that then uh, still those have to be purchased by an adult and it, it did serve as an I think for children it served as more of an example yeah you you see a kid's face you can see that they're about your age a little younger a little bit older and and you know a lot of times when I was a, when I was younger and I saw stuff like that I always wanted to be a part of the the crew that helped out I wanted to help people I wanted to find you know you, you think that you can actually do those things and pull it off as a child and I guess it does inspire kids to do some stuff. Maybe keep an eye out. Does that help the chances of, of recovery? I don't know. But I think for the... To see another child on a milk carton was a little bit more of a reminder of how dangerous things could be if you talk to strangers or if you run away from home or one thing or another. Just listen to mommy. Stay close to home. Do things. Do things that'll keep you safe. I think that's what it comes down to with as far as the... the the child faces um 
And then for everybody else, for the adults that are buying milk and seeing it every day, I guess it's just more so like an early Amber Alert. An early Amber Alert. But there's only so many children you can put on the on the facing of a milk carton, you know? Especially since uh, uh, one to 2,000 go missing every day, some people are estimating, or more. Which is a horrific thought. A horrific thought. Um, Harry Carey, again, says, I live in Springfield, Illinois, and trust me, Tucker Sinclair, Tucker Sinclair interview is soon relevant, or so relevant, after his uh, chef ended up in the fishies. Yeah, or with the fishies. So it's very relevant in Springfield, Illinois. That's what I would say. That's what I thought. Is this about the chef? But if it's about anything other than the liaison, then something has to go there soon. And remember, always remember, Tucker is not the only person on this bandwagon right now. A couple of weeks before this interview was aired was the biographer. 925 Wild G says, yeah, Roach Coach in McAllen, Texas, enchiladas with habanero orange sauce and buttermilk, projectile vomiting. Oh, you see, I, I've seen that before. I've seen people get sick and the body's just like, this has got to get out of me. But, um, but see that those uh, enchiladas with habanero orange sauce plus buttermilk. Eating that alone made you throw up, or was it a combination of anything else? Because otherwise, why ever put that on a menu? Especially if you're going to have somebody throwing up in your restaurant. Harry Carey again says Barack was quite the partier when in Illinois. Oh, Springfield. I guess, oh, I get it now. I get it. Um, Bowers Opera House, Boone Saloon, rumors galore in these parts. Oh, Oh, so we're talking local, local, local yokel over here. You've got some local stories. Always, always seek out the locals. That's those. You'll get some interesting stories there. That's why. That's how we learned about Stretch and Gretchen Whitmer. That's how we learned about how how Stretch and Gretchen got her name. Let's see. Harry Carey again is now a monthly supporter. Well, you know, Harry, it's great to have you there. A lot from Harry tonight. Another Rumble rant said, I have no idea if you got my other rants today. Sure hope so. I got them all. I promise you. I just take I take certain segments to go and, and sweep through all the, the rants to make sure that we get them in, in an orderly way. On Foxhole, Uncensored Abe says, Did you lose a bet and have to shave your head? She's growing up so fast. ML Frank, the other Abe. What do you mean? Shave my bet and have to shave, uh, lose a bet and have to shave my head? No, I lost the bet with God. That's why I shaved my head. I, because I, 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 that's it. It's the best thing for me to be neat and all that stuff with this. I don't have that much of a strong hairline anymore. I haven't been, since after college, I started realizing what my destiny was. That's the, that's the bet I lost. It was a bet with God. Boys Block 89, thank you so much. All right. All right. Is there anything else here that I've I've forgotten? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. We're done. Let's get on into Oh, there's a couple of tips. What you what you say? Come here. 
What did you you know you know what happened to Lila today? What? Mommy's with Lila right now, and they have to give her a bath. The doctors have to give Lila a bath. I hope mommy takes some pictures of it because that's gonna look really funny. You know what Lila's gonna look like when she's all wet? What? She's gonna look like a bug. Because Lila's not. Lila is is mostly fur. She's not. She's all like a stick figure with fur on her. What was that? What? That yellow thing? Yeah. That's here. Get a little closer. That that those are bubbles. That's wax bubbles inside of the lava lamps. Yeah, but that looks like jellyfish. It looks like jellyfish? Yeah. Yeah. What about this one? This isn't this isn't bubbly yet. What does that red one remind you of? Jellyfish. Jellyfish too? Yeah. You just got jellyfish on your mind today? Uh-huh. You remember when we saw the jellyfish at the aquarium last uh, week, two uh-huh. weeks ago? Yes. Okay. Is there anything else you want to tell people? Yeah. What? Okay, stuffy nose. Here, move over a little bit. Daddy's got to get back to work. It'd be a lot easier if I drove an ice cream truck around, right? Yeah, maybe I'll be an ice cream truck driver next year. All right, let's take, uh, let's go into our, our tips on Rockfin now. And then I'm going to read a couple of emails and then we'll get to get you guys calling in again. Here we go. Uh, Britt Last says, I grew up watching my dad and stepbrother see who could bring home the hottest hot sauces. The taste tests of these oddball sauces were always entertaining. Dad never cracked, but I watched tough athletes meet their match several times during these testosterone-fueled events. Love you and all your work, Frank. Well, thank you, Britt. You know, I do a lot of... Um, I do a lot of taste testing of that and people have sent me quite a few hot sauces over the years uh but i just i don't know i i'm sure i would meet my match i can handle hot stuff and i like spicy stuff but there are some things like i i I know what some people in the reviews it comes off as funny and it is funny but at the same time it's funny because it's true the fact that it would they call it crunchy pain I can understand that, where, where when something gets so hot that there is no semblance of an actual taste that you can describe to anybody. Oh, it's zesty. There's a little bit of, uh, you know, there's a saltiness there. There's a tang, a little bit of sweet, a little bit of sour. You know, there's a mix of this and that, where there's no differentiating anything. The, the palate can't pick up anything other than sharp, stabbing, knife pain. And... I don't get it. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who like that, but what does it add to it? What does it add to what you're eating that it doesn't contribute an actual taste? That you're having a hamburger plus a knife's edge sliding across your tongue. You know, what is that? I understand a little bit of tang, a little bit of spice, but um, man, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall for some of the taste testing at Britt's house over there. Anyway, let's keep going. This is a good weekend episode. Now here's a little something for you. I think I think Aurora's singing over there. I think she's singing.
Aurora, what are you are you singing? Who are you singing to right now? Nothing. Nothing? Singing to Pyretta. Oh, she's singing to Pyretta? I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Okay, she did. She's not singing to Byred. I'm just kidding. Uh, she's she did. She didn't. She wasn't found. Anyway, let's go into uh, some of these now. Listen to these emails, and then we're gonna get some more from you. Now, this is from just from the week. Here's one from Jay from Sweden. Jay says, Frank, just to give you a heads up with Sweden, I guess this would go under the inside information line kind of a, a call. The local government building has been flying the Ukraine flag for over a week. No Swedish flag anywhere. Military personnel and government douchebags in non-marked black Volvos and Volkswagen transport vans pass me on my way to work with Rex every day. The de facto think tank for Ukraine is happening here. And I, I can't read you the rest of this because Jay from Sweden goes on a tirade that would require your children to see a therapist if they heard it. So I'm, that's where I'm leaving it. That's a little bit of inside information from Sweden. Here's one from Ginger Ale Brit who says, Frank, I had to chime in after watching the amazing show with Jeff Harmon. Last Friday, September 1st, I had the same feeling, a very strong sense of foreboding, dread. I mentioned it to my husband who never lets uh, much bother him and he said that he had the same feeling. I don't usually get such a strong sense of it either and it was very disconcerting. Just wanted to pass that along and keep up the great work. Ginger Ale Brit. Here's another one. Um, this is, hello Frank, this is from Debbie. I love your show. I've been listening to you since uh, sometime around 2015 and even got my mom and 11-year-old daughter listening. You see? I saved that 11-year-old princess from Jay from Sweden's rant. Thank you, Frank. Listening to your show tonight brought up this story I want to share with you. I moved to Caraville, uh, Texas from Los Angeles about a year and a half ago. I have found two very interesting things that, um, in relation to the solar eclipses coming up in October and next April. I'm going to attach a screenshot from the Google Maps that shows the area I'm going to tell you about. The red mark is the point, oh, you know what? I have that over here. Take a listen to this, or take a look at this. Here we go. This is what she sent. Um, I'm going to attach a screenshot from Google Maps that shows the area I'm going to tell you about. The red mark is the point of intersection of the two eclipses path, which is in the parking lot of T.J. Moore Lumberyard. Less than a mile away is a full-scale recreation of Stonehenge called Stonehenge 2 that I have circled in yellow. Apparently, the man who created this built it in a nearby town called Hunt, it was gifted to the Hill Country Arts Foundation, where it is now. I know these two things are completely unrelated, but seriously, what are the chances of this super rare event happening right next to Stonehenge 2? It has my spidey senses tingling, for sure. Thank you for taking the time to read this, and I can't wait to listen to more of your shows. Love, Debbie. Well, thank you so much for that, Debbie. And yeah, uh, things like this are crazy. Stonehenge 2, right there from the actual point where both of these these eclipses join, and then uh, the seven Salems in both directions with both eclipses. Seven? It passes through seven Salems? Anyway, um, thank you for that, Debbie. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of interesting things there. Now, here's another one. This is a an email that I received from Mike. 
Uh, Mike the Quaker. Does a lot of astro charts for me there, too. And he got in touch with me and said, Frank, I'm sorry I missed your program. This is a little bit, um, this is a little bit bleak. I'm sorry I missed your program with astrologer Harmon, who seems like a very nice man. However, his explanations in the past were too technical for a general audience, and he is too optimistic. All, I, I, to think that he said that we're going to come out of this in one way or another, but that it's going to be very rough and very violent. To think that that is too optimistic off the bat was just like, oh, God. Should a doctor mislead a terminal patient or help him prepare for the end? That's what he asked with this. Several years ago, I sent you this forecast based on the charts for July 4th, 1776 and the 1784 Treaty of Paris. The final signing date recognized sovereignty and borders. Here's the quote. The full extent will not become known until March of 2022. By that time, it will be all out in the open and no one can do anything about it. March 22 equaled Ukraine war escalation by CIA and illegal proxy war uh, masking international crime networks quote by june 2023 the facade of the current system will be destroyed and replaced and these things happened in june of 2023 trump charged illegally attorney general in texas impeached based on fraudulent evidence from a wide group of government employee conspirators we were actually watching some of that incredible testimony um on, on Dark to Light this morning. You should de definitely go check out the morning show. Maybe I'll have Abe and Cody uh, replay that tonight after the 7 o'clock re-airs uh, on QuiteFrankly.tv. And then we have the gender war escalated by government on broad multi-state front and debt ceiling eliminated illegally. That was in June of 23. History will someday look back on these days as pivotal events marked by the, the marking the death of the U.S. legal system. There is no awaking. No new age, no bringing back a constitution that never worked properly in the first place. Aurora, please, just, just keep it down a little bit, please. There will be accountability for the gruesome wars and genocides perpetrated by the Zionist Freemason cabal post-World War II, killing millions in an international reign of terror in Vietnam, Afghanistan, Libya, Syria, Palestine, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Colombia, and Ukraine. Now, I asked him if there's no awakening no new age where does the accountability for the cabal even come from and he started getting a little bit more prophetic a little bit more biblical about it and um said okay well that's an interesting uh interesting point of view and of course we are we are knocking on the door of september 2023 right now he actually said for your information vedic astrology warns of september 23 to september 24 of 2023 as the most adverse for the U.S. in over 300 years, which is great because that oh, those are a couple of days that I'll be out of town. If the world ends and I'm not home with my family, I'm going to be very upset. Um, so now I'm just like, great. Gonna... Anyway, there is that. I want to throw that out into the into the open for you. We can take some more calls. Take some more calls, and I also have some other satanic panic stories that I want to be able to read out to see if we can get any of those. So 914-200-0269. Plenty of things that you can talk about. Any kind of comments for the rest of the week. We've got these uh, hot pepper stories. If you've ever taken the one chip challenge, there is the can opposites attract question. 
There is the Obama expose and anything else that you think would be a really good preview of what's coming up in the next week. Let's take a call from area code 540. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, it's all right. Good, good. Uh, Sal here from uh, Queens, New York, man. What's going on, Sal? Welcome back. Or welcome on. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, no, welcome back. Okay. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, I want to talk about a little bit of, uh, you were talking about the Obama situation. I don't really think, honestly, that it has anything to tie to anything. What I think it is, is basically like, uh, what do they call it, like Zelensky's Rules for Radicals. I, you know, let's basically ridicule the man until he feels like, uh, I guess the, what the rule that I'm talking about, it says ridicule is a man's most potent weapon. There's no defense. It's almost impossible to counteract ridicule. Also, it infiltrates the opposition who then react to your advantage. So I think it's just basically like a humility thing. Like, a, you know what I mean? Like, let's just keep piling on because I feel like that's kind of been the counterattack on Trump, right? Let's humiliate him. Let's keep or anybody on the Republican side or what have you. They just keep... Uh, it's like a game of uh, let's. I'm trying to think of what. The so wait, wait, wait. Well, so Sal, let me ask you. Let me ask you this: Are are you coming from the perspective? Are you coming from the the angle that Tucker Carlson is carrying water for the cabal by by putting uh, uh, Obama through some kind of a humiliation ritual that was maybe part of the price that had to be paid for his success and his status that he was given, or is this is this a uh, almost like a reversed Alinsky? Uh, counterattack by uh, Tucker to in, in you know in like almost like retribution for right. Um, I think a little bit of both actually because I think at a certain point I think one side or even Tucker he's he I mean uh, we know he's uh, he's tied into a lot. I mean his dad was tied into a lot, and I think he understands the the, the way this this information could be seen or perceived. Mm. I, I think at a certain point. Think people wouldn't care because it's been what how many years? But to ridicule and to shame, I think it's just at this point. I think it's it's like a defense mechanism. Like I said, I don't think there's any real tie to. I mean, it may be true, and I I believe it's true um, because I mean, like like some of the people on your show were talking about. You know, local yokels they know the most, right? Mm-hmm. So I I feel like uh, I think at this point uh, they're just trying to humiliate the guy. I think because. He is tied. He is like the, uh, I guess, the, the, the god of the Democrats, so to speak. Like, he's the, the high point. Now, the funny thing is, like you were talking about, this ridicule and the shame to the left almost seems like it's like a badge of honor. So now he's gay and a crackhead, so let's, let's lift him up. So uh, it's kind of like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work. I listen. I'll put you this way: uh, If Joe Scarborough can survive as a, a at that time a Republican, a very very sketchy situation in which uh, one of his uh, his aides died in his office through blunt force trauma, very look, look, looking very very weird. Yep. This is a Republican with something like that going on, and he's uh, he's doing just fine, and he's on the air on MSNBC, and he has his. Uh, his uh, daughter of Satan, um, uh, a wife by his side. If that is something that never got uh, really confronted or anything like that, or any of those burning questions answered in a sufficient way, then how would Barack Obama really be treated in some kind of a way for 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 just a little bit of recreational drug use and and being gay, which is you know, like having a superpower these days. So, you know, yeah, that's why I just wonder if this was just setting the stage for something else or I I also just have to put it out there again. It could just be a cut loose 
and independently operating Tucker Carlson digging back through stories that he always wanted to talk about and uh, and, and, and was never able to. Under- but I, mean, I have an issue with that because, I mean, the guy had Donald Trump on a week ago or however long ago, and he'd asked him no pressing questions. It was all a joke. And now he's it almost seems like he's going into like the not satirical. What's the word I'm looking for? Just like it's just it's fluff. It's, it's all fluff to me. Like, I, I don't I mean, I guess in retrospect, I don't really care. But, you know, you kind of want to hold people to the fire. But this isn't a fire. This is nothing. This is just a it's a nothing burger. I'm with you. And maybe and maybe because the, the guy who passed uh, on uh, Obama's property, the, the, the chef, I know I had a buddy who was like, well, maybe that guy was gay. And, you know, he they, I'm like, but at this point with 2023, nobody cares if you're gay. Yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. No, I don't. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, Ed, Ed Buck had a little bit of uh, had a little bit of more of an issue there because I mean that I mean he he had been responsible for the death of more than one uh, you know a prostitute by way of drugs right. and all that stuff. But this is something I don't know. This has been it's way too isolated. It's it's hard to um, to tie it all together. And I'm, I agree with you on the fluff. When I was watching that conversation between Tucker and Donald Trump. That was on the night of the um, the the, the kitty pool uh, debates that were going on. Yeah, honey, just put that down right there. Right. Put that down right there. That's where it's supposed to go. Right there. There you go. Um, that night, it was just like, okay, well, I'm more interested in what Tucker Carlson is going to ask Trump and, and, than I am about all these losers on the other stage. And uh, hey, the next day I came over here and I was talking about all the things that fell right. short fell short for me. And it's not just a, it's not just circular answers and circular logic by by Trump. It's also, uh, you know, I think weak setups by Tucker and and things like that. Right. And a week later, he even said he shouldn't be running. Well, then why'd you have the man on? Like, why did you even promote him if you think a week later that the guy is not fit to run? Yeah. I just it, it, it's baffling. Right. That, well, listen, everybody. Like I said, he is his own network now. So a right. you, you land a you land an interview with Donald Trump that is going to be very well watched. You're going to be in competition and beating anybody that is uh, live with any event on TV that night. So uh, I, I guess you take it. I, I guess you take it, and you just you just play to the audience. That's definitely going on, no doubt. All right, thanks for the right. call, man. Man, I appreciate you, man. All right, it's good to hear from you. Alrighty, let's go. We're going to take a couple more calls, and then we might uh, skedaddle a couple of minutes early. Just a few minutes early, because there's other things that can be done. 914-200-0269. There's also, I'm going to throw it up there too, Inside Information Hotline. You can go and you can give us something really important that nobody else knows that you have gotten from an exclusive source and that the world needs to know quick. That is 914-369-1236. 914-369-1236. But everything else, 914-200-0269. All right, let's take another call. That's from 716. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, Frank, this is John in Buffalo. John, great to have you on. What's going on up there? Oh, not much. Uh, years ago, I sent you a couple of Little League books. So I've been missing yes. at least 2015. Oh yes. Hopefully, some hopefully somebody got a chance to read them and, and enjoy them. Yes. No. If, I, if not you, but I, 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 I I'm just paying it forward if you did it that way. John, I I read I read through them. I really really enjoyed them, and only recently. 
I pass them on to a couple of former uh, te- uh, former uh, players of mine who are now old enough and coaching and, and all that other stuff. And I thought that they would they would get a lot out of it. It was in that was in my uh, my baseball stack of books. And I, I was actually just thinking I, I was holding them in my hand not too long ago. I really appreciate that gift all those years ago. So thank you again for that. I, I was just hoping you would love the, the, the one book where the guy shot out the light so another inning could play and the game could finish. Mm-hmm. Remember that part? Uh, yeah, well, no, that part I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't remember. We're talking about I I read through them, uh, I don't know, when you sent them to me at least three years ago. So oh, yeah, it's longer, I, than, that, it's you know, longer than that. Yeah, I, I I've, I've been listening for a long time. I, I, I do deliveries. I never really listen live. I listen during the day, making my deliveries. And I love what you do. I was listening to your, uh, to Jay Dyer today when I made a trip from Buffalo to Rochester. And you, you were talking about how he's going to be your guest for The Godfather, mm-hmm. which I've read twice. And um, I just got a thought on a book for... 2024. Okay, what is it? Something a little bit uh, humorous and horrific at the same time. Catch 22. Catch 22. Who wrote it? Joseph Heller. Okay, I'm gonna write. I'll, it I'm... was reading. It was required reading when I was in high school 40 plus years ago. It sounds. It sounds familiar, to be honest. Um, but I'm going to write it down, Catch-22, and I'm going to look into it. You know, there's a couple of things that I had for 2024 already. Uh, I was thinking about, um, there's this book called Lucifer's Hammer. That I, it's a fiction. It, it's fiction, but I, I, I was sent. It was sent to me a while ago, and I really, I've always wanted to read through it. And then I heard the, um, then I heard an episode of the author of Lucifer's Hammer in uh, interviewed on on uh, Coast to Coast back in the day. And I said, you know what? I think this would be a great, great book for 24. The other thing I was thinking, John, about for 2024, maybe around the springtime read, around March, if we did a March read again, uh, that will lead us into Easter. I was thinking maybe we take up the classic novel, uh, The Robe. And um, and after after reading The Robe, because I actually have like a, a first, almost like a first edition print of it. It was my grandfather's. My father's father. I have it on my my shelf at home. I don't know if I would actually read that because I don't want to. It's so fragile at this point. But I, maybe I would buy a new one so I can mark up and all that. We can read through that, and then we can actually all do a group viewing of the of the film, which I just watched the robe for the first time, sitting down from start to finish as an adult this past Easter because we had it as one of the films that I picked out for our Easter programming on Quite Frankly TV, and I thought it was awesome. I, I thought it was really great, so it makes me want to read the book. Um, I hope it's a good pick, but I already have a couple of ideas for 24, but Catch-22, I'll write it down. Thanks for the call, John. Yeah, good. thanks for taking it. Bye-bye. All right, take care. There you go, John from Buffalo. Catch-22, what do you think about that? What do you think about those two picks so far, Lucifer's Hammer and The Robe? So... I'm thinking, I'm always thinking about it, because this has been such a great year for reading. Um, and I'm really looking forward to doing Mario Puzo uh, in in October, no doubt. All right, nine one four two zero 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 two six nine. I'm going to take a little bit of a rip through all of the super chats again. Make sure I am on the right page, and we're coming up on the end here. 
last one I have here. Oh, that is all from Harry Carey. So we're good on that end. Thank you to Jesse81138 and Captain Flint for some tips on pill.net. No messages, but I, I can feel the love. I think to end what we can do is a couple more a couple more of these satanic panic stories. Because it just has to do with this week's episodes and the conversations we had. So this was a thread I was reading from. What stories do you have of the satanic panic? And the first one was really interesting because this is a, uh, a story. I'm going to reread this. It's not too long ago. Listen to this one. When I wanted to give this Den- Dungeon and Dragons thing a try in the mid-80s, my mom shut it right down. My stepfather spewed some garbage about satanic stuff like he did about black uh, back masking, and, and that was it. A few years later, I started with MERP, no problem. Dungeon and Dragons, etc. It wasn't a problem anymore after all the hysteria had died down. Eventually, I asked my mother what the deal was, and she said that it was about a custody dispute with my dad, her, his, his biological dad. Her lawyer, his mother's lawyer at the time, had advised her to keep him away from Dungeons and Dragons because it can get her declared an unfit parent. So that was; those were a little bit of the legal ramifications of what was going on at the time with the satanic panic, which of course was not all hysteria. A lot of legitimate things should have been looked into. We are living in a time right now that confirms that there was more than enough to be concerned about in, uh, in, the, in the 80s, which probably started manifesting somewhere in the 60s. Here's another one for you. This is from Finn Cullen. Said, living in the UK, we heard of the satanic panic, but didn't really experience it. The general reaction among the players I knew back then was stunned belief and a fair amount of unkind stereotyping, I'm afraid, that a 20th century Western country could still have enough Muppets in it for that to be a thing. Alas, we've all learned over the, uh, the intervi- uh, uh, um, intervening years that it is not so rare in my idealistic uh, teenage friends and that I thought. Yeah, so that it's not such a rare thing, right? Uh, I don't know if that is the the ability for people to be swept up in hysteria, or is it rare that satanic enterprises are are really at the uh, don't don't scratch don't scratch are really at the behind the helm of a lot of uh, what we're living through right now. Here's another one. While I've had a lot of brushes with the panic, I've had one memory about it that was clearer than any other. Around the time I was in middle school, I really wanted to get a PlayStation copy of Diablo. Folks can, uh, can figure out my age from that statement alone if they desire. My mother didn't just say no, but she gave me that dagger-eyed, teeth-clenched, how-dare-you-even-suggest-such-a-thing look that every kid with unconventional desires is familiar with. A friend of mine had the PC version, and I really wanted to finish the story I'd seen him start. The story has a happy ending, at least. Because of the woman working at the Walmart's electronics section that day had overheard this conversation, she slid right into it. She talked to my mom, telling her about how she loved playing this game with her daughter, who was about my age, that the game had serious replay value, and that you had all kinds of heroes that you can choose to fight the lords of hell. I was standing there the whole time practically holding my breath as I watched my mom's mind slowly change, deciding, uh, deciding that she let me play the game after all. It wasn't the last time my mother's bizarre beliefs about, compu- uh, about corrupting power of video games, heavy metal, and dr- Dungeons and Dragons would manifest, but it was one of the clearest examples of those beliefs breaching the surface and then disappearing beneath waves of because the well-reasoned statements of a total stranger. That's an interesting uh, perspective there, too. 
and honestly, heavy metal, I don't I don't know. I still listen to heavy metal. I still listen to to music that if you listen to the, the lyrics, you know, they uh they don't get me um there's something about the music, the composition. And even sometimes when they go into really dark lyrics or anything like that, they may uh I may have less warm feelings toward them or they may pump me up for less reasons than they used to or anything like that, but uh heavy metal never wanted me to hurt myself. I think if you've got it you got issues, anything's good. I, I once watched a it was back in the day, maybe the late nineties. It was a television show that was talking about crazed fans and things like that. And people with mental issues that, you know, went above and beyond to try to get at somebody or a celebrity or something. And I watched this crazy, this crazy monster of a guy uh, kill himself over Bjork. Okay? Like, listening to Bjork all the time. And sending her letters and stalking however he can. And he, he made this, this at-home video, uh, this video log of you know I don't know whatever the hell he's working through as he's working up to killing himself and the day that he killed himself he painted his head like it looked like Darth Maul it was like red and black face paint and all his whole head he's preparing himself and then uh, you know pumps himself up and then blows his head off alright he wasn't listening to Black Sabbath he was listening to Bjork so um I've I've had heavy metal pull me out of depressions and funks and all that stuff, and uh, and despite listening to all of it, I'm I'm still a Christian. I'm still reverting back to that that faith and 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 uh, and learning about it and all that stuff. So I don't um, I'm not one to really. I can see how some things, video games can desensitize some stuff. But I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. Um, being on the internet is more of a problem in general and the things that are on there and the trends that are catching on than than most video games. I know there are some scary ones that's like like living through a horror film. But anyway, that's just some of my thoughts there. Satanic panic. Yeah, the overcorrections were probably in the video games and the board games. And uh, I mean, Ouija boards is something else altogether. You say, well, what about Ouija boards? Is that really a board game, or is it a is it a tool? You know, uh, playing Monopoly is the you, you sit down, you play Monopoly for the state the the sake of playing Monopoly. The board is to allow you play Monopoly. It's not a game dipping into the spirit world and trying to get answers from people who are no longer here or, you know, disembodied spirits of any kind. But. I'll be looking forward to all of your comments and your thoughts. Thank you for hanging out with me on this afternoon broadcast on this Friday, September 8th. Next week is going to be filled with uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun as this one just just went by in a flash. On Monday, it's September 11th. So I, I don't know how we're going to commemorate that, but we'll do something interesting, I'm sure. And then we have uh, September 12th, a little more wiggle room there. We have Frank and Chrissy. Uh, Chrissy uh, Chrissy Mayer is coming into the show on the 13th. On September 14th, it's Aurora's birthday. Right, Aurora? Right. Right. So I hope you're all here with me next week. And in the meantime, please become a sponsor of the show. Uh, it's, it's going to it's going to continue to fan out 
and lift everything up that we're working on here on screen and behind the scenes. So I can't wait for you to see what we are, I got going on at the studio at home, how that is going to be able to enhance things and, and give me more options to create more and the, the atmosphere there. It's getting there, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for everything, and I will talk to you soon. Let me make sure I didn't miss any other Super Chats. I think we're all good. Aurora, I, I, Aurora you want to say goodbye to everybody? No. You don't want to say goodbye? No. Why not? What? J say bye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Look, I turn the lights on. You turn the lights on? You're turning it all different colors. Oh, there's purple. Oh, there's blue. And now it's turning purple. Now it's turning something else. All right. Well, let's get ready. We got to go find Mommy. See how she's doing. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great night. Thank you so much for the afternoon uh, liaison. And we will be back on Monday. Goodbye and take care. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, as film before a live studio audience, and now our super chatter, starting with 925 Wild G, Abby Z Mama, Stephen Ellis, Harry Carey, a whole bunch of Harry Carey, thank you so much. Thank you. And over on quite frankly superchat.com, Katie Sky, Stickman, and Shotzi. You've all been really nice to me. Thank you, Britt Last on Rockfin. And to all of my friends, Uncensored Abe, Boyce Blanc, Jesse, and Captain Flint on Foxhole. We will see you guys on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. And good night.